0: Good morning, Harbor Church. We're so glad again to be in your home with you. And this day is a very special day that we love, love, love at the Harbor. It's Mother's Day. And we wanna say happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. We just think y'all are awesome. We're so happy to be with you today and to be on this great day that we acknowledge mothers and all the great things that you do. The thankless tasks that are never ending So whether you're in diapers or you're in the days of diplomas or you're on down the road, your job never ends. And we thank you for that. And we acknowledge that. And I'm just so happy to be a mom. And I'm happy um, that you're with us today on this Mother's Day. Well, you're not only a mom this year; you are also a grandmother. I am, yes, for I'm the a first honey. time. Yeah, honey, <laughs> that's so awesome. So it's good to be here too with these two great moms. Uh, but I'm just so thankful for my, for my bride, Angela. She is the first lady of our house. She hates that title, by the way, but uh, she is such an incredible mom. And um, I don't get to do this often. Usually, someone else does this. So I thought this was a great time to talk about how she loves. Uh, our house. She loves the church and she loves you people with such love. Uh, Sometimes maybe she's not super expressive, you know, kind of not the outgoing type like me, but I'll tell you what, she passionately cares about what goes on in your world and prays for you. And so I'm thankful for her. She's such an incredible uh, mother, wife, and a mother of our church. So as as our tradition, I've got her some flowers Mm -hmm. this morning. Yeah, I got her some flowers. And I want to give these to her because I love her so much and so thankful for her. And, and this morning, we also have a very special opportunity again to hear Michelle. And, and I'm going to give you some flowers, Michelle. You're an incredible mom. And uh, Michelle has brought um, a, a really special joy to our house. In the last few years, as God has gifted her so well with speaking and and I'm so happy today that she is going to be speaking to you today on Mother's Day and sharing with you the heart of a mother and the heart of God. And she is an incredible mother as well. Now, she makes me a little nervous. She's kind of laid back, mom. And I go over to her house, and her kids are like hanging off the balcony and whatever else. And I get like a heart attack. So, um, anyway, those bro kids are the best. I love them. And I love Michelle and Tim and, and thankful for what they do and happy mother's day thank you so michelle thank you so much for sharing today it's an
1: honor to be here
0: yeah i love you to death so (laughs) let me have those and i'll get those out of your way and i'll take those for you. you and uh i'll have a blessed and wonderful sunday
1: So it's so good to be with you guys this morning i'm i feel so blessed um, to be able to bring the word this morning and i feel like i do have a word from god just fresh manna from heaven and um we're going to camp out today in john 2 and so as you're opening your bibles there getting your phone app out we are going out of the passion translation and so you can just turn there with me and um but this morning I do want to address something because I know that Mother's Day can be one of the hardest days of the year. And I know that because we dealt with seven years of infertility and Mother's Day got to be one of the hardest days around. And I know that some of you have lost your mother. Some of you maybe are in the journey of infertility, or maybe you've just recently had a miscarriage and you're thinking about the loss right now. And I just... My heart goes out to you this morning and today, and I just want to pray for you this morning as we're opening up our Bibles and preparing. I want to pray the peace of God over you and that, you know, He turns all things for good. And so, Father God, I just pray for every mom today, God, that is having a hard time with today, every mom that is feeling a loss, every mom who is maybe maybe realizing that, you know, like, this infertility journey that they're on that, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. But God, you are so faithful to be by the brokenhearted. You are so faithful, God, to be by our side through even the darkest journeys that we take, God. And I just ask that the peace of God just come over every single mom and woman who is pursuing being a mother right now God and I just pray right now even those God that are going through the infertility journey right now God I just pray a peace God I pray a healing over their bodies right now God for them to respond exactly how you created us to respond and you always give life God that's who you are you always give life so right now God I just pray For every single person listening to this, God, that today is a struggle. I just declare the peace of God over you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So as I was getting ready for this message, I will say at first, I said no. (laughs) I said no because, let's face it, it's been a tough season. I'm homeschooling four kids, of which I didn't sign up for, and none of us signed up for, um, unless you did, Um, and my husband was working out of town this week, and so at first, I said no. I was like, I don't have time to prepare a message, but then on the next day, the Lord just kept dropping in my spirit the story of Mary, and how she empowered Jesus for the first miracle at the wedding in Cana, and um and I just couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't and I just knew it was a word from the Lord um for today. And so let's just hash out what does a culture of empowerment look like? And so Because every single person is significant to God. Every single person has an assignment from God. So let's just jump right in. John 2, verse 1 through 3. Now, on the third day, there was a wedding. Now, let's just stop there. On the third day, which is so interesting because the history behind that in a wedding being on the third day is because... On the third day when God created the, the heavens and the earth, on the third day, twice he says that it was good. And so weddings typically were on the third day, which would be a Tuesday in Jewish culture. And so it would be on the third day because it was doubly blessed. And so I love the fact that it just mentions on the third day and it has so much value here. Um, So on the third day, there was a wedding feast in the Galilean village of Cana, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized it, she came to him and asked, they have no wine. Can't you do something about it? It's so funny because... It just makes me wonder what miracles was Jesus already performing at home if she knew for a fact that Jesus could turn water into wine at a wedding where the wine was about to run out. So what kind of miracles was he pulling off at home is what I would love to know. Um, So the first thing that in creating a, a culture of empowerment is that Mary noticed a need. Mary noticed a need. In a culture of empowerment, we need to notice needs. And so since it's Mother's Day, can I just talk about it? It was Mary that noticed. I mean, ladies, really? I had the other day, I, was, I asked my oldest, I said, hey, can you go pick up all the stuff around the house you know, that's misplaced? And he's like, mom, there's nothing that's misplaced in the house. And as a mother, we notice. There's everything that's misplaced in the house. There's socks everywhere, shoes everywhere, homework everywhere right now. And so I'm like, yes, because moms notice. And so how about the toilet paper rolls? Like, okay, can anybody please put a roll of toilet paper back on to the roll itself? And so, or maybe it's that mom who is... Two steps of ahead of their toddler who is about to completely bust it and she diverts him (laughs) or her and um and so that they don't do that. Or maybe it's even a teenager who they divert from doing like just completely busting it, right? So if you're sitting by your mom today, I want you to just look over at her and just say, Mom. Thank you for being a noticer. Thank you for when my pants were starting to get too short that you went out and bought new pants. Thank you for noticing maybe when I needed a hug. Thank you for noticing when I seemed just completely all out of sorts and you just started asking all the right questions. Mom, we just thank you this morning. And so thank you for being a noticer. And here's the deal about being a noticer. Being a noticer is being fully present. Being a noticer means that we get off of the phone. Maybe it's, you know, in this selfie environment that we're so not self-absorbed that we actually notice things that are around us and that it's not any longer about us fully, but that we can see other people's needs. We see the wine that was about to run out at the wedding, and we know we have a Jesus who can do something about it. So let's go on. John 2, verse 4 and 5. Let's see. So Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure that you do it. Make sure that you do it. So did you totally notice here that Mary did not take no for an answer? (laughs) She didn't even address what he said. It's hilarious. And so the second thing in creating a, a culture of empowerment, is that Mary didn't take no for an answer. I mean, it's just epic, you know, that she completely ignored what his excuse was. And that, you know, I just think, though, she did give birth to the Son of God, so she completely earned that right. But those people who champion and empower others don't let you have excuses in your life. Those that empower others don't let you have excuses in your life, and they know the gifts and the callings on your life, and they call them out. And that's what people who empower one another do. They don't allow us to have excuses. I just go back to um, the story of my, my third son, Easton, had major learning, um, major reading um, hindrances he had dyslexia plus dysgraphia and every night for reading we would sit down with his homework and it was just it he would just tears in his eyes mom this is so hard mom this is so hard and I'm like as a mom you just sat there and yes you grieved with him but at the same time you knew he had to overcome this and that he would get this and so I'm like baby I know I know that it's hard right now, but God calls us to hard things. And eventually we had this conversation every single day for at least a whole year. And soon enough, he totally, his brain switched on. And literally he is making straight A's in reading and doing absolutely amazing. But God calls us to hard things and he's gonna be in the process of the hard things, amen. Um, as I was going over this message with Alejandro, he actually said that when he was on a missions trip to, um, he was with YWAM and he was doing missions in Argentina and things got really, really tough. And he called his mom and said, mom, I just really want to come home. And she said, you know what, baby, you're not coming home. God called you to that and you're going to do it. And he's going to be with you. And that's what moms do. That's what people who empower others do. They don't take excuses. They don't take no for an answer. It's either yes or yes. <laughs> and when God calls us to it, people who empower others, they say, you know what? I hear your excuse, but no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you aren't allowed to have excuses because there's a call and there's a gifting on your life. And we want to see you fully alive to the thing that God called you to do. So the other thing that Mary did, number three, the other thing that Mary did was that she involved others around her. When she said, servants, do exactly what he tells you to do. Powerful people allow others to be part of the miracle. In a culture of empowerment, we allow others to be part of the miracle. They even use their favor to open up doors for other people. There's three, so there's many human basic needs that we have, but three of the ones that I'd like to talk about are to be loved, to belong, and to to be significant, and including those in the miracle, including other people in the miracle, allow them to feel love, allow them to feel a sense of belonging, allow them to feel a significance because their hands were a part of the miracle. And see, I can pray for people all day long as as the prayer pastor at the harbor. I could pray for people all day long and I love it. I absolutely love praying for people. I love to see when the miracle happens. I love to see when the light comes on for people or that they maybe have a different perspective that they didn't see before, or maybe it's that, that their back no longer hurts or that they can move their knee now. And I love being part of the miracle. But if I'm the only one who's always praying, if I never teach my kids to be part of the miracle with me, if I never teach a team to be part of the miracle, first of all, I'll wear out. But second of all, that they never understand the authority and the power that God gave us and they never they never get to be a part they never get to feel that significance of being part of the miracle so in a culture of empowerment we always involve others around us John 2 6 through 11 let's finish up this story so now there were six stone pot water pots standing nearby they were meant to be used for the Jewish washing rituals each one held about 20 gallons or more. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. So this was over 120 gallons of water. Some people say 120 to 150 gallons of water. So I thought this was interesting while I was reading this story and researching this story was that, do you realize that the amount of people in a town, the way that they decided how many people could be in the town was how big your water supply was so your water well determined how big your town was so the servants had to not only not only fill the pots up with water we think like we'll just go to the sink or go to the to the water hose and fill it up no they had to go to the well to fill up the the containers with water and bring them back And then he said, Now fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. And when they poured out their pitcher for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. When he tasted the water that became wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed. Although he did not know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew where the wine came from, right? He called the bridegroom over and said to him, every host serves his best wine until everyone has had a cup or two. And then he serves the wine of poor quality. But you, my friend, you reserved the most exquisite wine until now. This miracle in Cana was the first of the many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee. This was a sign revealing his glory and his disciples believed in him. So the fourth thing in creating a culture of empowerment is Mary launched Jesus into his earthly ministry. It's important at this point to see that it's important to to see we all have a seat at the table and when we find our seat at the table when we know that we're fully alive to the things that God called us to and we sit at the table and we know as sons and daughters who we are, then we can allow other people. It's like going to a dinner party. And as soon as we find our own name tag and know where we're going to sit, then we can help other people find their name tag and know where they're going to sit because we're fully alive to what God called us to. And now we can pull people up to help them find their calling as well. And you know, sometimes it doesn't look like being on the forefront. Sometimes it looks like being behind the scenes and praying. Sometimes it looks like, yeah, just just not necessarily, or maybe it does mean that you're in the forefront, but just being fully alive, having full permission to be who God created you to be. And then you can help others. I think about the story of Susanna Wesley. She was considered the mother of Methodism which is the Methodist Church. And it says, although she never preached a sermon or published a book or founded a church, she is known as the mother of Methodism. Why? because two of her sons, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, as children consciously or unconsciously, applied the example and teachings and circumstances of their home life. So it was the example that she gave in her home life that then became, they were able to to found the Methodist Church um, and be this extraordinary mother, extraordinary person who, who launches their children into their ministry. I love this. I I asked um, one of the ladies in our church who she is um, one of the leaders in our children's ministry. And I asked her and she's an amazing woman in the marketplace as well and um, been very successful. And I said, tell me what it is about your mom that has encouraged you the most. And she said, very simple. She encourages me with her prayers no matter what she reminds me that god is in control and always knows how to lift my spirits we just honor you today lynn kramer because mallory just said the most amazing words about you and how much you are a prayer warrior and that behind the scenes behind the scenes there's a powerful mom that is praying and now her daughter is just doing tremendous things for god and so a person who empowers others has a launch mentality, has a send out mentality, instead of a let's keep everybody home mentality. Um, Mary knew that as soon as Jesus was launched into her ministry, it would change her life as well. He would no longer be home. He would no, he would he would be out. He would be he would be evangelizing. He would be doing miracles in other cities, which meant that he wouldn't he would no longer be home and so but she took that she took she took the example uh, i mean she took that and so that her son could then fulfill her the father's business and so yeah an empowering person actually launches people they don't want to keep people because they want them to do exactly what god has called them to do and be fully alive to that So I think about legacy when I think about this message and the download that God gave me about how Mary launched Jesus into his ministry and that I think about legacy. And I think that it's safe to say that when we leave this earth, that we want something that outlasts us, that's bigger than us. And the only way that we do this is by growing big people, growing powerful people. And by empowering those around us, not controlling others, not controlling others' destinies, but by launching them, by allowing them safe space to operate in their gifts and their callings, by allowing them to clean up their own messes. Come on, moms. If we don't allow our kids to clean up their own messes, they're going to be adults who don't know how to clean up their own messes. So we definitely want to leave a legacy of having our children and our adults be able to clean up their own messes, to be able to say, I'm sorry, when you need to say, I'm sorry, to be able to, yeah, clean up the spill on the floor, but as adults, if it's If it if it's I don't have to clean up the spill on the floor as a child, then I'm not going to know how to say I'm sorry whenever it's time as an adult or be able to, you know, like, I really didn't say that appropriately. And this is how I really meant to say it. That's what I mean when we're cleaning up our messes. We aren't just trying to get our kids to heaven, but we're trying to wreak havoc on the enemy and we're trying to expand God's kingdom on this earth. And I want my kids as a legacy to know their full authority in Christ. I want my my ceiling to be my kids' floor. And that's the kind of legacy that we want to leave this earth. We need to be thinking about the fifth generation down, not just the, the next generation, but the fifth generation. And as having sons and daughters and having spiritual sons and daughters. Let's think about the fifth generation down and being able to launch this next generation so that they know how to launch the next generation. And so I think that this says it best, and I love this scripture so much, Second Timothy 1, 4 through 5. And this is um, Paul writing a letter to Timothy, and he says... I am filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear to me that you're following in the footsteps of their godly example. Let's leave that kind of legacy. You might not hear about Lois. You might not hear the only time she's ever probably mentioned But she left a legacy, and look what Timothy did. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I have some last thoughts for you. Why did Jesus pick water into wine at a celebration to be his first miracle to step into his ministry? Why did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus pick water into wine? Well, because Jesus is concerned about our joy. He is concerned about community, and he loves celebrating one another. He loves it all. And so at this time when, you know, when we're in this quarantine and it looks like, okay, yes, like when is this ever going to end? We can still have joy. We can still have, we can still know that Jesus loves to bring joy and he is our joy. The second last thought I have: why did he save the best wine for last? because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. His first miracle started at a wedding and this whole thing is going to end at a wedding. In Revelations, it says there's going to be a wedding. And my question to you this morning is, will you be on the guest list? Will you be on the guest list at the wedding in Revelations where we have a big party and we celebrate and we have so much joy with Jesus, our groom? And maybe you don't know if you're on the guest list or not. Maybe you're at a point where, you know what, like I am tired of doing this my own way. I am tired of, of thinking I have this all worked out and you need a savior right now to come in. And so I just pray for you this morning. If that's you, I just ask that you just get alone with God and say, God, I surrender. I am so sorry for trying to do this on my own. I am so sorry that I tried to, to, to go my own way. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. So right now, I just want to pray with you this morning. God, I just pray for every person, Lord, who's listening and who will listen to this, God, that if they haven't made that decision, that they want to be on the guest list in Revelations where we're going to have a party and a wedding, God, I just pray right now that if they haven't made that decision, Lord, that you just help them come to that decision Father, we just pray right now that that you forgive us. Forgive us where we have tried to go our own way. Forgive us where we have fallen so short. We are saying that we need a Savior, and we thank you, Jesus, for being that Savior. Now, Lord, I just ask that you fill each and every person with the Holy Spirit, that you guide and direct us and comfort those, God, and you guide them, their footsteps, God, into knowing who you are, and the assignments that they have on their life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let's all taste and see that he is good. You guys have a beautiful Mother's Day. It's such a joy to be with you today. Have a great day.